What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket podcast. Uh, heavy day of, a busy day, uh, I should say, of college lacrosse in the books on this Saturday, March 13th of 2021. A lot of big games, two big games in particular that were televised um, in the Big Ten at Penn State and Johns Hopkins and Rutgers and Maryland. Uh, the two schools from Maryland, Hopkins and Maryland, came out on top in both of those contests. And we'll talk uh, deeply, uh, we'll dive deep into those two games. Uh, we'll also dive deep-ish um, into LIU, taking down Hobart in Vermont, taking down Albany. But uh, first and foremost, do you want to talk about, um, and we won't talk about this for a long time, I can promise you that. Um, the game that I was at today, um, Cleveland State comes down here to Louisville to play Bellarmine. And the Vikings get the eight to win, or eight to one win over the Knights. Now this is an interesting one, more so because of the scoreline. Um, so, you know, the one thing that you need to know about this game is Cleveland State's goalie Kevin Sobey, uh, seventeen saves. Fantastic performance from him. Uh, J.C. Higginbotham for Bellarmine, uh, 16 saves. Uh, really good goal du- goalie duel um, between two of the better mid-major goaltenders in the country. Uh, Kevin Sobey played lights out. And, um, you know, if you look at the stat sheet, Bellarmine outshot Cleveland State 39-30. to only 18 of those were on cage. Just overall, not a good day for for Bellarmine um, in that one. And, um, you know, I, I got a lot of people because since I was there, I had some people messaging me like, you know, how did that happen? Eight to one. You don't see that often, especially in the shot clock era. Um, but, yeah, man, just... Uh, you know, and, and, and not necessarily bad shot selection either. Just ran into a hot goalie and uh, a, a eight to, eight to one. That's a that's a score line. That's a final score. I didn't think I'd see this year. Eight to one. Uh, very surprising there. Very surprising there. Cleveland State. That was their first one of the season. Uh, so they are one and two, and Bellarmine is two and six. Um, coming off, and they were coming off a win over VMI, um, and conference play starts next week. Uh, so in the SoCon, uh, well, started actually this week, uh, but for the majority of the, uh, well, VMI and Richmond played uh, today in uh, SoCon play, and uh, you can guess how that went: uh, twenty-three to six, Richmond. Uh, but the rest of the SoCon uh, starts conference play next weekend. 
Moving on here to uh, some of these bigger games here. Uh, Pence, or big, the two big games, Penn State and Johns Hopkins. We saw Johns Hopkins take down the Nittany Lions 13-6. to uh, This is a bit of a bounce-back win for Hopkins. Uh, they got their doors blown off in the second half against Maryland a week ago, and they come in. Uh, today uh, at home, at Homewood, and uh, they take down Penn State 13-6. to They do essentially what Maryland did to them a week prior, um, to be honest with y'all. Um, you know, early on, Mac O'Keefe, TJ Malone got the Nittany Lions going. Um, it looked as if, like, okay, this Penn State offense has figured itself out. Um but Johns Hopkins answered the exact same way um, that they did all game long. They answered in a big freaking way. Um, Hopkins went on a four-goal run to get a 4-2 to two lead at the end of the first. And Jack Kelly was able to stop the bleeding for the Nittany Lions a bit there with one. Um, it didn't take long. Uh, De- for Hopkins to get back on the board. Uh, Connor D. Simone had two straight his, uh, to, uh, get himself a hat trick, um, and to, uh, stop, because it was really a 10-minute, uh, drought for, for Hopkins there, um, from late in the first through the second, um, uh, yeah, late in the first through through kind of late in the second. It was about a 10-minute drought there. And then uh, his second one helped them get a 6-3 to three lead uh, heading into the half. And kind of those two D. Simone goals really, uh, you know, sparked the fire that they needed. And they came out in the half, in the second half, and just killed them. Um, the boy, it was a 13-1 to one run um, at the end of it that really – uh, you know, put Hopkins ahead. Um, Penn State found the back of the net three times in the final stanza, but wasn't going to force a comeback. Um, Penn State was held without a shot, actually, in the third, uh, which is uh, very, very surprising. Um, so not a not a good day for Penn State offensively. Uh, but a really good day for Hopkins. And, you know, I, I do wonder um, what Hopkins would have looked like if they would have had a fall ball. Because this team is playing really good right now. Um, obviously, they beat Michigan. Uh, Michigan has Ohio State on Sunday, uh, tomorrow. So we'll see what happens there. Um, that one's at 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPNU. Uh, so that one will be on tomorrow night. You can watch that, and that will lead you into uh, Selection Sunday. Um, so uh, have that one tomorrow night. And uh, obviously Hopkins beat Michigan, and Hopkins beat Penn State. Um, Penn State, did they beat Ohio State? Yes, Penn State beat Ohio State um, last week, actually. So, uh, you know, we thought Penn State had figured things out. Um, but honestly, they don't, man. Like, they, they haven't. 
uh, Hopkins is the one who's figured things out. Uh, they fixed whatever it was they needed to fix to not get run on in the second half, and they did the running. Um, they absolutely walked all over Penn State in the second half. Um, and, like, look, I'll be honest with you. I did not think this Hopkins team was going to be good this year um, due to the fact they didn't have a fall ball, due to the fact they had a new coaching staff. I thought they would get better as the year has gone on, which they have, but I didn't think they would do this to Penn State. Now, granted, I think myself and everyone else thought Penn State was going to be a lot better. Obviously, you missed Grant Ament, but if you remember in 2018, they had no Grant Ament, and Mac O'Keefe was fine running the show. Um, what's changed? I don't know. Um, you know, TJ Malone has taken the reins there, but and I think the offense, like, they, they couldn't possess the ball. And when they did, when they did, they didn't do much with it at all. Um, so th- this Penn State offense needs a bit of an overhaul here. Um, not an overhaul, but but a bit of a revamping. I, I don't know what adjustments can be made. Um, I'm certainly going to – I didn't watch the full game here because I was um, out at uh, Bellarmine Cleveland State. So – I haven't watched the full game all the way through. I've watched parts of it, uh, but I'm going to go back and watch the full game tonight and just kind of like, it's so, um, I want to say it's surprising because we knew there was a chance they could struggle this year, but it is surprising. And I'll tell you, the the, the, the one guy, Gerardo Saley, has been terrible this year. Um, He is not, and I know people have told me before I'm too hard on Gerardo Saley. Um, I had someone call me a Gerardo Saley hater one time. Um, that's not true. Uh, love watching him play. And he's been very, very good for Penn State over the past couple of years. He's had a couple performances um, against some top-tier guys that haven't been as dominant or as good as people expected him to be. Uh, but that happens. That happens when you face T.D. Irwin. That happens when you face um, top two guys. Not everyone's going to have their best day every day. And, um, you know, but this year, he's been absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, he had some good... I feel like he played well, I think, was it against Maryland that he was, like, decent? Um but he was 5 for 14 today. 5 for 14. That's 36%, people. 36%. And um, Matt uh, Nowiski uh, was fantastic for uh, Johns Hopkins. They took advantage um, at the dot, and they took advantage of every place they could. Um, in cage, you know, Josh Kosen. Played well, uh, six saves. Uh, Colby Kinnis had 13 saves. You know, he's honestly, man, like, and from the bits and pieces I've seen so far, um, if Colby Kinnis was not in goal, and I've said this all year, if Colby, and this is probably true last year and the year prior to that as well, if Colby Kinnis ain't in goal, Penn State's given up, like, 20 a game because at least – because this defense just is not working well. And they took a step forward last year. 
And we thought coming into the season, okay, Penn State improved. They were one of the most improved defenses of the early season in 2020 that got cut short. They should be it, and they return all these guys. Nick Cardeal, Colby, Colby Kinesis is back in cage. And, like, they returned all these guys, and we thought they're going to continue to take a step in the right direction. That has not happened. Penn State looks terrible. Penn State, like, they will still make the, uh, I mean, well, honestly, they might not make the Big Ten tournament. I know it's a little early to look ahead that far because they still have Michigan, and then you have the second half of the of the schedule. You play everybody again. They play Hopkins in two weeks. They play Maryland in three weeks. They play Rutgers in four weeks. And then they have Michigan and Ohio State. You know, Penn State... They started with a very with a very tough schedule. Rutgers, Maryland, Ohio State's not a bad team. They got that win, and now you essentially get blown out in the second. Well, they got blown out in the second half against against Hopkins, a team that many people didn't think that thought the reverse was going to happen. It's just not looking good for Penn State. Um, they can certainly beat Michigan. I'm confident of, confident of that. Um, and I would expect them against Hopkins in two weeks to play much better. I would expect them against Maryland in two weeks to play better. Um, Rutgers, they were right there with them for most of the game. Even though uh, that was the game where Mac O'Keefe, would he have one goal in that one? I mean, he was terrible. Um Obviously, first game of the season and everything, but it's terrible. Um, so Penn State has some room to pick up some ground, but they're going to need to make some adjustments here. As far as Hopkins is concerned, I mean, let's see. What's their schedule looking like? So they they play Rutgers next week. If they can beat, if they beat Rutgers... I was going to say something, but I didn't. If they can beat Rutgers, that's a... Like, this Penn State game was a statement win for Millman and his staff to say, look, and for this Hopkins program to say, look, what happened last week, what happened against Ohio State in game one, that's not us. We're better than that. They're going to come into this Rutgers game next week refreshed, energized. That's a game I wasn't, like, coming into this week. If you if you told me on Monday of this week, oh, in two weeks we've got uh, Penn State and uh, Johns Hopkins, oh, excuse me, Rutgers and Johns Hopkins, um, that's one I'm saying, yeah, don't watch it. Blow out. I'm not thinking that now. Hopkins, y'all got my attention. I was wrong about y'all coming into the season. I'll admit that. Um, y'all got my attention now. M- m- much respect to you guys. Connor Simone, phenomenal player. Phenomenal. Penn State couldn't stop him 
at all. Joey Epstein had a good game as well, uh, starting to come around there. Rutgers and Maryland. Look, Rutgers, y'all proved you're a top five team. However, Maryland proved they're a top three team. That's how this one went. Um, props to both teams. 19-11 victory um, for the Topes. And back and forth first half. Jared Bernhardt, Adam Charlambides, Patrick for the Terrapins and the Scarlet Knights. Um, it was 9-9 to at the half. It was 9-9 to at the half. And these two, like if you go and look at the stats and you look at every single category at the half, it was nearly neck and neck in every single category during the first two frames. But that all flipped in the second half when Maryland went into Superman mode or whatever you want to call it. Um, they, they turned on the heat and they did essentially what they did to Hopkins a week prior. Um, fantastic second half from Maryland. Jared Bonehart, six goals in this game. Um, that's a career record for him. Fantastic game for him. Uh, for Rutgers, Charlene Beatties uh, played very, very well. He had four goals. Uh, Kieran Mullins had three goals and two assists. Uh, Daniel Maltz played very well for uh, Maryland as well. Logan McKinney had nine saves. Um, at the faceoff dot, you know, it was kind of well. So Dujano did not play well for Rutgers. Um, surprisingly, as he's been playing very well um, for the majority of the season, um, they put in Mariah Yusuf. And he went 57%, played very well. Um, on the Terrapin side, let's get this stat sheet pulled back up here. On the Terrapin side of the face-off dot, you know, Justin Shockey, 51%. He wasn't bad either. Pretty even-ish there. Um, but second half, like, and that's all you need to know about this one is what happened in the second half. Um, from the 38-second mark in the third through the, you know, just, over five, just under five minutes in the fourth, the Terrapins outscored the Scarlet Knights 8-1. to one. That's, that's game. That, that's game. Um, the third, Maryland had two, and Rutgers had one. So, defensive heavy in the third, after just, in the first half, it was like, Rutgers goal, Maryland goal, Maryland goal, Rutgers. It back and forth the whole time. Back and forth the whole time, like uh, watching ping pong or whatever. Good, good first half for both teams. That Rutgers midfield looked very good. David Sprock um, thought made a case for uh, 
made a good case for him as being one of the better midfielders, you know, more underrated midfielders in the country. Thought he had a good game, especially in the first half there. Uh, but Maryland, man, like we've talked about it on here before, they are more athletic, they are more talented, and they are deeper than every single team in the Big Ten, maybe in the country. We don't know that because we're not going to get to see them play other teams until uh, NCAA tournament time, unfortunately. But as far as the Big Ten is concerned, I don't see a team that can beat Maryland. I don't see it. Um, If this team is not at championship weekend, like they were, was it two years ago now? Uh, the last one that we had. The team that beat them better be dang good because anything else would it, it would be a failure. This team is very, very good. I would go as high as to say they're number three. Um, if I had a vote right now, I would put Duke one, Carolina three, two, and Maryland, three. Reason Carolina, I'd put them higher because they've been able to play outside competition of their conference. They beat Denver like they did. Uh, Granted, they were coming off a loss against Duke, but hey, you beat a a quality uh, Denver team that is also vying for a uh, championship weekend spot. So, right now, that's what I would go. Um... As far as four and five, Syracuse, and then Georgetown, I think. you And you can, whichever spot you want to put those two teams in, you can do that. But you, you cannot leave those two teams out of the top five. Um, and, and I would probably put Rutgers at six after this one. But I still think they're a top five caliber team. Um, the way they played, especially in the first half, they're certainly a top 10 caliber team. So uh, you cannot see them dropping out of the top 10 just because of this one. Um, Very, very impressive performance from both teams. And uh, they play again in in two weeks. Circle that one. Circle that one. That one's going to be a good rematch. I would still say Maryland probably wins that one, but um, might be a bit closer than it was. Today, in the end, uh, Rutgers just got beat uh, soundly in the second half. Now, moving on to Vermont and Albany. Well, actually, let's do LIU Hobart first because you got to do a little I told you shit. I told you so to some people. Um, So, back in September, Back in, well, from September, really late August through November, I did season previews for every Division I team. And for LIU, the, I think the headline was um, how big a jump can LIU make in their second year as a D1. And um, the one line that I said, I'm, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this to y'all. This is... Uh, like the second paragraph, I think, in there. Coming into, this is from the article there, and I'll link it in the description. 
Coming into year two as a D1 program, the Sharks look to build upon the momentum and successes they were able to gain last season. And with as much talent, especially young talent, as they have coming back, LIU could very well have a chance to make some noise in the NEC. And then I go on to say how the NEC is more wide open this year with RMU not in the conference. Um, LIU certainly made some noise in the NEC today. Um, they took down Hobart 14-12. to 12. Uh, Sophomore Richie LaCalandra uh, led the Sharks' offense again. Six points, uh, four goals to assist. Sean Ball, Will Snelders, uh, three and four goals respectively. Um, in there for the Sharks. Um, but the big, the big, big number of the day, the big stat of the day is uh, Will Mark. Will Mark, sophomore goalie, 24 saves. 2 4. 24. The man was, I mean, and he's been playing well. Um, he played well last year, and he plays has played well um, through the games this year. But he and he broke his own freaking record that he broke earlier this, like just a week and a half ago, I think. Um, absolutely outstanding performance from him. Um, in goal for the Sharks was the difference in this game. Um, you know, coming into this. Obviously, Hobart, a very, very good offensive team. LIU, they're three and one right now. They're three and one, and uh, no, those three wins have come against Wagner, Sacred Heart, Hobart. Uh, those are all NEC teams. Now, Wagner, Sacred Heart, um, was the Wagner game? That was not a conference game, was it? Because I know they played. Sacred Heart in a non-conference game. Yeah, Wagner was not a non was a non-conference game. So they're two and zero. They're two and zero in conference play, with a big win over Hobart. They play Sacred Heart again next week. That clicking noise. They play uh, Sacred Heart next week again, and uh, that's a team that they've already played twice. Uh, they beat, they lost in non-conference play, and then uh, ten to twelve, and they won in conference play, thirteen to ten. So that's going to be one that I certainly circle next week. Uh, that's a noon face-off, um, and that's at LIU. Um, and then they play Wagner again after that, and then they get into they got Merrimack, Bryant, Mount Saint jo- Mount Saint Mary's, and Saint Joseph's. So. Look, the rest of the schedule, man, this is a team that could win the rest of the games. Now, St. Joseph's is probably a better team all around. Um, they killed Sacred Heart today, 13-9. to Not killed, but uh, beat them uh, pretty soundly. Zach Cole um, uh, no, standing out at the faceoff dot as usual. But um, LIU, man, props to them. Biggest one in program history as a D1. Um, absolutely stellar performance. 
Will Mark uh, had himself a game. Um, look, LIU, they uh, they were down 2-0-0. Uh, they exploded five straight in, in to get a 6-4 to four lead heading into the second. Um, and you know, Hobart tied things up at 7. Um, you know, midway through the second quarter with a three-goal run. But uh, LIU answered with four more straight. Um, and that run lasted uh, from the end of the first half through the third. And that run alone really helped them pull away 11-7 to heading into the final uh, quarter. And uh, in the third, they held Hobart to zero goals and seven turnovers. So that third quarter really flipped the script for Hobart. Played excellent on both ends of the field. Uh, have we watched that game um, for the most part in a very, very good performance from LIU in this one as they get their biggest win as a Division One program. Big props to the Sharks. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out, Hobart. Y'all know the term, look good, play good? Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't happening for Hobart today. Uh, they had the best jerseys that I've seen this year outside of Hartford's uh, black uh, porthole mesh and the uh, chrome. Uh, go look on Instagram. Those are on there. Um, those are sweet. Uh, Hobart, you know, the purple, the orange helmets, I mean, Yo, that was fire, but uh, what good play good does not always, you know, go together. Does not always happen. Uh, if I were you, uh, you know, I wouldn't say burn the jerseys. They're too nice looking to burn, but I would not wear those again. Just FYI. Moving on to Vermont and Albany. Uh, Vermont, look, man, freaking rank Vermont. Vermont's got to be a top 20 team. If Vermont is not in the top 20 this weekend, we will riot. Um, honestly, we if they're not top 20, I don't know where the heck we got. Well, where the heck we gonna march on? I don't know. But uh, inside Lacrosse headquarters, with the, they got the media poll. We got USILA, who's uh, they actually post. They're actually uh, the dude who I guess he's with the mailboxes or whatever is actually here in Louisville for some reason. I, uh, oh, I can't remember that guy's name, but USILA, their their uh, mail comes to Louisville, so uh, I I I know where it is. So I, I I can go get them. Um, but Vermont, no, all kidding aside here, Vermont, um, gotta be ranked in the top twenty. Got to uh, take down Albany fourteen to twelve. It was a ten to four lead at the half um, on the road. You know, Vermont, they looked good against Syracuse. They looked good against Albany, and they got the W. Um, man, you know, the Great Danes, they bookended the third with two with a two-goal run. Two-goal run to start and two-goal run to uh, end it. And that two-goal run soon turned into a five-goal run at the end. Um, and they cut it to one. And, you know, they were able to do that. Props to them. But, uh, 
Griffin uh, Finich and Amos Gilbert uh, with this the last two goals for Vermont to essentially seal the deal. Alex Bergmaster uh, with the final goal of the day for Albany that got them to 12. But big, big props to Vermont. Uh, but do want to give props to Albany as well for making that comeback. Uh, Vermont, Liam uh, Lamogis with seven points. Michael McCormick had two goals to assist. Tommy Burke um, continues to play well, 62% at the faceoff dot. Um, Ryan Cornell with 14 saves. William Donnelly for Albany with 14 saves. He continues to shine in cage for the Danes. A great game all around here um, for both teams. Uh, you know, the, these two teams certainly have not seen the last of each other. Um, I don't believe they play each other again in regular season. Let's pull the schedules up right here real quick. Um, okay, they do. They do. They play each other on April 17th, and that is at Vermont. So definitely circle that one. But I have a feeling these two teams will play each other probably two more times this year. Um, would expect them both to be uh, in the AE a- uh, America East tournament, um, possibly in the final game. Uh, but you do have Stony Brook and UMBC are playing some good lacrosse right now also. Some other scores to go over, and then we will get the heck out of here. Um, Mark Bita, Ty Coates went off, combined for 8 goals and 11 points, as Delaware, uh, impressive win over Drexel, 19-12. to uh, Delaware continues to look like the CAA front runner with UMass still have not played yet. They will play on Sunday, so I uh, do want to mention that. But of teams that have played, Delaware, the clear CAA front runner in my mind. RJ Romero, 17 for 23. That's 70, uh, 75%, I believe. Um, doing the math in my head there. Uh, to help Providence get past Marquette, 12 to 8. Uh, big one there for the Flyers, who have struggled at times this year. Obviously, uh, struggled against Denver last week, and have struggled. Ag- they struggled against uh, Georgetown, uh, but you know, who I would probably say is the third best team in the Big Ten. Excuse me, the Big East, uh, sitting with a three and three record right now. Uh, they they play Georgetown again. Um, actually, no, they've not played Georgetown yet. They play Georgetown next weekend. Uh, they've played Denver, got killed, um, and they, they lost to Villanova. That's who it was, Villanova. They've lost to Denver and Villanova, uh, and then lost to Bryant in the opener, uh, wins over St. John's, Fairfield, and now Marquette with a big one against Georgetown next weekend. Uh, would assume that's a loss. Robert Morris edged Air Force 14 to 13. Jimmy Perkins put up six points in this one. This one was played in a freaking snowstorm. So I don't understand this. It was moved inside to the Air Force, uh, the Falcons uh, like football facility, and wasn't going to be streamed. But then 
you go to the stream at noon, and it's outside in the snow, with snow all over the field. So, I don't know if I missed an announcement or not, or not but someone had just sent to me and said, hey, uh, Air Force RMU is back outside, and it's uh, snowing. Um, you know, which is why they wanted to move it inside. But uh, good win there for the Colonials as they continue to get better um, and look good this season. Unfortunately, competing as independents, uh, not going to help them too much in terms of, uh, you know, NCAA tournament hopes or anything like that. But good win for them there uh, as they continue to look good. Let's just do one last look here if there's any other scores. I want to mention here, uh, Monmouth, 2 OT over Siena. Uh, good one there for the Hawks. Uh, Manhattan uh, looked impressive in their 10-7 win over Canisius. Uh, Krebs and Cage had 14 saves. Uh, he's been very good uh, thus far. Uh, they are, what, two games into their season now. Uh, they lost eight to five uh, against Monmouth last week. Um, then I do want to mention what did that game go? Okay, Detroit Mercy and St. Bonaventure. So St. Bonaventure got their first win in program history last week. Uh, they lose today eleven to eight to a pretty good Detroit Mercy team. So. Uh, do not get their second win uh, this week, um, as some had maybe you know, thought, hey, maybe they're going to you know, win some more, uh, whatever. Um, that is it for today's show. Uh, we do have some games on Sunday. Obviously, I mentioned the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry game. That's at 4 p.m. We also have Bucknell and Lehigh. UMass and Fairfield, Jacksonville, Duke, Villanova, St. John's, Stony Brook, NJIT. And then don't forget on Tuesday, which we'll talk about on Tuesday's show, Denver and Georgetown kicks off a pretty solid uh, midweek slate that includes three games on Wednesday as well. Um, Notre Dame Marquette is always a decent one there. Uh, so some games coming up this on uh, no, to end the weekend on Sunday, and certainly some good games during the week. That is it for today's show. As always, thank you all for listening. You can subscribe, uh, leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast. Also can listen on Spotify. Google Podcast, uh, iHeartRadio has a podcast uh, app or whatever now. Um, so listen to us on all of those various platforms. Social media at Lacrosse Bucket. My po- on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. My personal Twitter at Tanner underscore Demling. The website is lacrossebucket.com. As always, have a great rest of the weekend. Enjoy the lacrosse. And we will see y'all back here on Tuesday.